0: I am Ariella Sandoval, and this is Dear Daughter. Dear Daughter is a weekly podcast dedicated to the exploration of issues facing women today. It seeks to address common questions of our time without shying away from those that are difficult or controversial, much like an honest conversation unfolding between a mother and daughter. I am a daughter, a sister, a friend. I'm a psychology buff, and it only took three schools, three career changes, and five years to figure that out. I am a writer. But deep down, I'm scared of what people would think if they ripped open my diary. I am fierce, strong-willed, but geez, I can be as stubborn as a mule. I am concise, organized, and yet I live and thrive in a state of organized chaos every day. I am a woman of faith, but you know what? I have my share of doubts. I am a fighter of social injustices in particular. I am passionate about what I believe in and the people I care about. My passion is for others and is near to the brokenhearted, the tired, the confused, because sometimes, a lot of times, I am that girl too. And that passion originally began in a diary, one that eventually became not just a diary, but an ode to my own future daughter. I began starting each entry with Dear Daughter, in effort to give my words, thoughts, plans, and dreams more purpose. Had you told me, even just a few years ago, that I'd be taking that passion to a larger platform such as this, I wouldn't have believed it. But now, today, I've decided to share that purpose with the rest of the world, to bring women together for the sake of all of our future daughters and others out there alike. So with that being said, dear daughter. Today we have on Claire Bacchus and Haley Most. Hi, I'm Claire. And I'm Haley. And we're super glad to be back on the show. Today we'll be listening to a piece written by Lisa Gungor, Moment One.
1: First moments, the merging of two cells into one, multiplying two, four, six, eight. Rapidly growing and forming the information that will decide my hair, eyes, teeth, hands, my genetic DNA... Everything I need to become a human and still I am invisible to the naked eye. I'm grown from my mother's own body, my blood from her blood, my heartbeat from her choice, making her belly swell and her hormones go crazy with rage and want for whipped cream filled donuts at 4 a.m. My body grows and she puts her hand upon her belly to feel a foot kick her side. The jerk of hiccups, the round of my head. She is proud, proud of her body that is a force, source of life to mine. I grow, her body tells her it is time, and I come into the world with pain and euphoria as she breaks her beautiful body to give me life. She sees me for the first time, what she has made, and it is good the intricacies of the human body is something staggering veins heart lungs synapses toenails chemicals eyelashes all good and beautiful she holds my body and breathes in i grow from a baby to a toddler toddler to a little girl i am four and i can run around with my shirt off and feel the fullness of the wind And could paint my belly and take baths with my friends, slap my butt and laugh. We sleep under stars, run through sprinklers, naked and wild. We are silly and think our bodies are strange and wonderful. I grow and I am six. I am taught what I can and cannot do with my body. I can no longer take my shirt off outside on my own front porch. No longer run around naked with my friends outside with paint on our bellies because the man across the street stares. So my mother takes me inside and tells me I am now at the age where I need to be careful. The feeling comes I never knew before. I learn later the word for it is this, shame. We are at our friend's house, and the teenage boy keeps making me sit on his lap. I don't understand this. We are all sitting in a circle, about 10 of us, and no one notices. I am confused and try to get away from him, but he holds me there and moves his hands in a way I don't understand. I feel I should obey because he is a strong older boy, and I, a small girl, inherently weaker than he. I get mad that my body is not stronger that i cannot break free i feel it is my fault maybe i should not have worn shorts so my legs were covered and then there was the church deacon my friend's father who insisted he put lotion on my legs after our bath i didn't want him to but he made me obey because he was a man and i young and born the lesser of the sexes is uncomfortable and I thought he must know what he's doing. A respectable man, let alone a church leader, wouldn't do this. But now, now that I'm older and I know better, yes, he knew. So I am six and I can no longer be free in this body I once ran wild in, but I should cover it because there are predators and I don't tell because I am ashamed. And it was no big deal, really. No reason to fuss. I am 14, I feel my body changing on me, and I no longer have the freedom of my youth. Blood comes and I am embarrassed, hiding the grocery store runs, keeping it a secret, seeing my brother laugh when he looks under the sink. It is a wonder of growing into womanhood, but I am starting to hate being a woman. I'm ashamed of what my body does. This beautiful thing that I once ran free in is turning on me, making me awkward and uncomfortable because even now you are uncomfortable with that thought. Boy's eyes consume rather than see. I'm told this is my fault. I'm told God wants me to cover my body, wear long skirts and shirts up to my collarbone and be sure it isn't tight. But how much skin is okay because other girls cover their whole body in black. And I heard of the day there were two separate staircases for males and females so that males wouldn't accidentally catch a glimpse of a girl's ankle. Now that I am 14, now that I am changing, is God now ashamed with what he made? The body formed in my mother so good and beautiful turned to shame with age and religious threads weaving and constructing my social identity? Oppression for something I cannot control, something completely natural and good. If this body is not holy in and of itself, then God should have never made it in the first place. It's the flower hating its vibrant petals, the beautiful tree sprouting from the earth only to grow and be ashamed of its bark. I'm 20. I've rejected the shy, awkward aspects of womanhood and instead learned to joke about it to cope and be cool. But when night comes, I'm often afraid to walk down the street alone. Every walk I take is accompanied with fear because I see the eyes consume. I hear the threats and I'm followed. I have friends who are victims. Every girl I know has been afraid, every one of them, from taking a simple walk to rape and a child coming from it. One hid in the laundry basket when she was nine. One silently prayed every night from 13 to 16 that her father would be too drunk to come into her bed. One was at a party with her friend. He wanted something she didn't, so he trapped her in the restroom. One hid from her own brother. Another from her grandfather, another from her co-worker. Some say it's the woman's fault. The shirt was too low, the breasts too big. How can a man resist? But here's a staggering idea. Maybe it isn't the victim's fault. If in looking at the beautiful woman's body, you cannot appreciate her beauty, but must strip and consume, then it is true our culture has poisoned your mind. Consume, take, be the animal, take, take, take. Shame. Did my mother think that when she held me close to her chest at my birth? Was she ashamed? The beautiful form becomes forbidden and lusted at a certain age, all held together by a story of a serpent and a woman. Though some claim the curse is broken, some still believe it. The body is shamed, curse ever present. I am 30. I made two girls within my own body, felt the pain of bringing them into the world. And when I saw their bodies, I saw a miracle. Their skin and eyelashes perfect, tiny lips, tiny fingernails, eyes embodying innocence and awe. They grow and run around my house naked and scream wild without self-awareness or social concern. I teach them about our culture and what is and isn't acceptable. But what I will not teach them is shame of their body. It was beautiful from moment one, and that will not change, not with age, not with anything. One daughter looks at her body in the mirror. We talk about the organs and the skin, how her body will change. She's beautiful on every count. I remember when I was six, and I know I have to warn her, not shame her, but tell her how some people were not taught to love, but take for themselves, and she must be brave and aware. It pains me as I tell her. Her innocent mind not knowing why one person would hurt another in such a way. Don't be afraid, I tell her. But this is our culture, so be smart and be aware my brave girl. Shame teaches us, but I will not teach my daughters in this way. I will empower them to be proud of their bodies, respectful of their bodies, in awe of how miraculous it is and what it is capable of. I will tell my daughter that to be a woman is not to be lesser, not object, not the bed in the red light district, nor the bitch in the hotel. She is not the body to exploit or product to consume. She is not shame. She is beautiful woman with beautiful body, capable of cosmic realities, holding someone close, experiencing love, making love, creating life, accepting another human life as her own, feeling pain, joy, giving strength, healing with a kiss, wholeness with a touch, giving physical and mental nourishment with her own body. She is grounded enough to follow, still capable to lead from a child to a nation. The woman's body is made in the image of love, from love herself, life herself, so she herself is of God. For my grandmother, for my mother, for my daughters, my friends, and as a reminder to myself, be proud, beautiful woman. Your body is intrinsically good, perfectly good, perfect.
0: From moment one. Well, dang. <laughs> Does anyone have tissue? Right. <laughs> right? I know, I, yeah. The first time I ever heard that, it just, I don't think I ever really forgot about it. And so when I was, you know, sorting through, um, I guess, content and things to talk about on here, um, it was kind of like, well, of course, because there are a lot of pieces of that that um, I feel like I could talk about. Um, I think probably too much for one episode, but <laughs> well, yeah, we'll try to get into it. Um, I think one of the first things that I would question or I thought about afterwards and when I was you know, working through you know, turning it into a discussion with you two is um, wondering, like Claire, for instance, like how would you personally describe being a woman in today's culture, especially after listening to something like yeah.
2: that? Yeah. Um, so I discussed this with Haley before we came, and. I feel nowadays it's almost a hard question mm-hmm. to answer mm-hmm. uh, because being a woman nowadays in today's culture, it isn't simply about what's between your legs or inside your DNA. Um, so societally, it being a woman is a term that can't be described unless you like willingly accept, like choose to wear that label. Um, now for me personally, and I know I'm stepping on toes here for any listeners, but being a woman, is a pair of X chromosomes. Um, I believe that gender and sex are inextricably inextricably linked, uh, but stereotypes are not. Um, My parents told me growing up that I could play with trucks or study science or that I could um, be a farmhand or CEO, and I was always a woman. Uh, I was raised that I could be anything I wanted to be, and I was a woman. I had that structure and that base that children and all people need. It's not an inclusive idea unless you are genetically a woman, but others' inclusive ideas are exclusive to mine. So, are they really inclusive? I could <laughs> chew on that. Um, but my personal evolution to womanhood was a bit rocky, and as a kid, I had this idea that you're either a tomboy or you're a girly girl and tomboys were basically like boys they wore skorts instead of skirts if they had to wear a skirt. <laughs> i rocked a mean <laughs> skirt. Then. yeah that's what i'm talking about right. um skort instead of skirt they couldn't <clears throat> wear anything pink they couldn't care about makeup or their hair or um barbie dolls or anything like that they had to be very tomboyish and then there were the girly girls um Who are the opposite of that. And I tried so desperately hard to avoid anything girly. And even as I got older, I prized myself that I was considered one of the boys. Up until last year, I felt like I really couldn't even be myself um, because I got baby fever like really bad. (laughs) (laughs) And I remember talking to my husband that I'm like, I feel ashamed that I want a baby and I'm I'm married like right. that's the most natural thing um, but for me it didn't feel natural because I desperately wanted to be pregnant I desperately wanted to be a stay-at-home mom to homeschool and to have that white picket fence life and I really felt disgusted that I wanted that and almost embarrassed of my own desires and then there was this moment that I was talking with him and he really asked me he's like well wh- why why? Why do you feel ashamed or like embarrassed of the fact that you want to have a baby with me? And I'm like, it was this eureka moment where I'm like, oh my gosh, I still have this idea that I need to be a tomboy, that I need to avoid anything girly and being a girly girl meant that you wanted to be a mom. And um, so I had this moment where I realized I could have it all. I could be a stay-at-home mom who loves her babies and keep my sixth-grade boy humor. (laughs) Um, I could wear perfume and fur and be bougie and still discuss stereotypically male things with my guy friends. And I could be secure in my womanhood because my womanhood wasn't based on what I wore or the choices I made in life, but who I was. I am a woman, and from there, I can be everything. So that's how I feel. That's what a woman is, is that's like, you are who you are, and from there, you can really come into your own and be who you want to be. Yeah, that's really good.
0: I would agree with that. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that, especially, like, right now with how kind of society has been going about things, that I would agree, like, it is a little easier to, Mm -hmm. I guess, maybe not feel that way all the time because that kind of depends on the person, but to be accepted in Mm -hmm. that way.
3: Yeah, I had a similar line of thinking. Um, And so I personally love being a woman. I'm very thankful that I was (laughs) created as a woman, born a woman, Um, and I enjoy the specific attributes that are innate in women. so I'm very thankful that I am a woman, um, but this topic, after hearing that um, spoken word and thinking about this question of like how I would describe being a woman in today's culture, was actually very difficult for me to wrestle through because I'd actually never really put too much thought mm-hmm. into it before. Mm-hmm. I just have like my experiences, you know right. what I mean? So to bring those to my forethought and actually think through them um was kind of difficult and so I wanted to kind of emphasize pretty much as long as humanity has existed um the experience of being a woman has been hard it has been difficult and it has been challenging um so I guess my thoughts overall while it's a beautiful thing, it's also a difficult thing. Um, so I think it's almost paradoxical because they seem yeah. like they're these two attributes, or not even attributes, but just like features, I Wollies. would say, of being a woman that come with the experience of being a woman. It's both beautiful and it's hard and difficult. And so right. it seems contradictory. Um, but I mean, I think where it is hard. Um, and can be scary, it's also unique and beautiful. Um, And then where my similar line of thinking came in is I think nowadays in our society, um, we have more freedom to share about our experiences. Mm -hmm. I think of even like the Me Too movement, Um, just more exposure and like, freedom to bring things to the light, well... It's not so taboo. Yes, exactly. And while, yes, there is still shame attached to that, and that's a very painful process to do so, I am glad that there's at least a space being made where women can have the freedom um, to express what they've been through and express even, like, who they are. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Um, Something that I heard on um, another podcast. Um, I actually think it was when I heard Lisa Gungor's moment one, Like it was within the same um, episode or whatever it was, I cannot remember, but um, they were discussing just kind of womanhood in general, and one of the things that I kind of heard is like, pertaining to understanding women on like the other side, like by men, Mm -hmm. is that they had said that for a man to understand how that feels is that they should be, you should be totally naked and go about your day and then like that is your uniform for the week and any comments that come or sexual vibes you're given, like that is how it feels to be walking as a woman in today's society, and that's just a physical way of like understanding how women feel within today's society. That doesn't include just like the emotional aspects of it, or like when it comes to actual like goals or career aspirations, or like things just you're interested in in general. Um, so I was curious if you would agree with that kind of line of thinking.
2: Yeah, I think that it, it's definitely a different world it is. for a woman compared to a man. Um, my husband, he has a sister, and they're close, um, but he's also a dude, so <laughs> his life experiences are very different, and um, we've talked about this before, and I think it didn't really click in his head until we were walking through a parking lot or down our street one night or something, and some reason I had my keys in my hand, and I put my keys through my fingers, like claws, Mm -hmm. and he's like, well, what are you doing? And I'm like, well, this is just what I do when I walk by myself. Like, yes, I'm with you, and he's six foot three and like, you know, (laughs) massive. But like, just to be protective. And then even um, when we were out one night, I was like, oh, let me show you some like self-defense moves for some reason. (laughs) I'm such a weird person. (laughs) So he's like, okay, demonstrate on me. And he was like, like, why do you have to know this stuff? And I explained to him, I'm like, yeah. you never know what's gonna happen. You know, I memorize license plates when they drive by yep. and slow down if I've my sister's that. outside. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. That's something that we can agree on. We mm-hmm. like we carry mace in our purses or we we pull it out when we don't feel safe. We're constantly on red alert. Like our adrenaline is high. Um, like men just don't get it. It's yeah. not in their nature, or it hasn't been conditioned in them to constantly be alert. Um, even when you go into a place you're not familiar with, you're constantly looking for exits, mm-hmm. or you're against the wall. Uh, you pull your jacket over you. Yeah. If you're walking past someone, your purse closer, not just for burglary, but just like you don't want to be an easy target. You want to be difficult. You want to be right. uglier or um, more of a fighter. Or, like convey this like crazed appearance so that people don't even try to approach <laughs> right. you. Um, so yeah
0: totally different for them. Yeah, I definitely like, I totally like understand everything, like what you were just talking about because um, I remember when I think I was like a sophomore in college maybe that I first, like it was first brought to my attention that I even did this, like I would do it just subconsciously not even thinking about it but like um, my like boyfriend at the time, one day like we both were on the same campus and I would like walk across the campus like to go, you know, meet him for lunch or whatever we were doing. And one day he finally was like, "Why do you walk like that?" And I was like, "What?" <laughs> and he was like, "You're walking like someone's going to like attack you at any moment." And like he was kind of joking about mm-hmm. it and I was like, like, you know, like your arms crossed or yeah. like your jacket close to you, especially in the- Grant, it was more so like in the evening time that yeah, i would do yeah, that than like sure. in the totally middle of the different. day when students are walking all over but it'd be like when i'm going to go meet him mm-hmm. to go wherever we're going and i'd be like walking like at a rush pace like jacket over like and i'm on like rbf 110 percent right, like right um, and i was on like and i think this just emphasizes the point is that like i was on a small private christian school campus like i wasn't in some city I don't know or like some back alley like I like on paper I was in a very safe place literally walking in sight of my boyfriend like at the time and my brain automatically went to that mechanism like and I when he told me like I thought about it for like a whole week after that just like do I walk like that and I like would talk to my roommate and my best friend and be like you know so and so said that I walk like this. Do I walk like that? And then she even was like, "Do I walk like that?" And I was like, "I think we both walk <laughs> like that." Like I, I, think I don't know. As women, we just have a natural
3: fight or flight response. Yeah. Um. And I, th- for good reason. Like I <laughs> right. think that. Yeah. That's, n- n- and I hate to say it, but like it's almost necessary because of our. Experience. It's
2: better to be safe than sorry. 100%.
0: Yeah. 100%. For sure. Right. I think that um, what, like, hit me especially with um, Lisa Gungor's uh, spoken word piece is that, like, she describes all these different experiences, and for myself, um, I feel like I could relate to the parts of, like, when you're a young kid and certain things happen and you don't even realize that they like weren't okay until you're older. And then you think about like when I was listening to that and I'm thinking back on like certain things when I'm like mm-hmm. ten that I don't even realize is a problem. Or like even as an adult, I feel like some like I was working at an old job I had, um, my boss who like I worked under, um, who was a male, and he was a great person like we got along we were friends and stuff um and to this day I don't this is the I think where the problem comes I don't even know that it was like intentional necessarily like it was almost just like without thought which is I think where the problem is but like he would tell me like how like smart or capable I was and like Mm -hmm. affirm me in those ways based off of my work but then he would also make comments about like my appearance if I showed up like without makeup or if I showed up like with my hair not done mm-hmm. or and I was like I was a medical assistant at the time. Like I'm doing the grossest of the gross things like all day long and running right. around. i you're not feet. gonna be all dolled up. <laughs> right. Um, or like ask me if I work out and like ask me multiple times about that. And like it's almost like this uncomfortable thing where like then I'd come to work and I'd almost not want to look nice because like on the days that I didn't look nice it was always about like you should wear eyeliner you should do this whatever and I'd be like kind of self-conscious about like oh my gosh do I look that bad today but then when I'd come to work and I would look nice I would get way more attention in a different way that made me feel more uncomfortable than feeling ugly all day right yeah um and even then like I was like 19 so like I'm an adult like I Mm -hmm. have experiences under my belt but even then like not until I was out of that job where it like hit a point of like I feel too uncomfortable coming to work like I'm having like panic attacks like waking up in the morning and getting ready like having to deal with it Um, it was more so after the fact that I even kind of realized like that wasn't okay and because you know he was like the head honcho there I was always like too nervous or didn't really even think to address it with like HR or mm-hmm. the in people who like I had relationships with and like I knew would trust me but at the same time a lot of like the older women I was the youngest by far like <laughs> 20 years by far um, and they had known him forever and like their response usually and some of them who I was like actually very close with would be like oh that's just how he is or he's like that with everybody Ugh, but it's different when to justify that right yeah. but then it's especially different when um, you know it's not okay for him to even do it to a 50 year old right. woman but it's also definitely not okay for him to do it to a young 19 year old woman mm-hmm. and then be told by the older women like that's just how he is. That's like, just you just get used to it,
3: right? And That's, I, I no, do it's think abuse. That, yeah. It's an abuse
0: of power, Karen. <laughs>
3: right? <laughs> <Come on>. Exactly.
0: <laughs> exactly. And I think at the time, I was just kind of like, okay, well, like I trust these women, so maybe yeah. it's all in my head, and like I didn't want to be kind of crazy about it or anything. Um, and then after the fact, I tried to justify it with like, or, I, not justified, but like I—that was the wrong word—but I like think I realized later that. I, like, I think their response was maybe, like, a generational thing, because, Mm -hmm. like, then it was more taboo to, like, Mm -hmm. feel uncomfortable about that or whatever, you know? Um, So it was just, like, very confusing, and so listening to that, like, I feel like there were parts of it that I, like, just didn't really think of too much, and then when she says at the end, like, she is not shame, um, it was... Weird for me to hear it, hear that line, or even what she was talking about prior to that, like leading up to it, because I know that feeling, but I don't think I've ever actually labeled it for myself. Like I kind of just assumed, like, this is that's normal. Just, yeah, that's yeah, just like how everyone doing, how you, you feel, us. and like that's just. What, like, that's just part of like being a girl or like how certain interactions happen. And it's just like, well, that's just it. Or like, because I do feel like I'm confident in myself, I think I would like use that as like, well, I'm confident in myself though. So, like, that doesn't necessarily, like, it's not shame. How could I be ashamed if I'm confident? Right. Yeah. So, I think when I heard that, that was kind of the most interesting thing that came to my mind when it came to like the shame aspect. And I know you mentioned shame with like wanting to have a family or whatever and I just think that that is something that is like I don't know it was just very interesting to me I, I don't think I've ever like really sat down until I heard that and like thought about that aspect of womanhood other than maybe like, more deliberately, like, somebody, like, really just, like... Like, I think I equated it with, like, someone just, like, directly, like, putting you down or, like, mm-hmm. actually shaming you for something specific and, right. like, to your face. Something that actually riles you up more than, yes. like... a feeling that you're getting when you're uncomfortable right. with her. Yeah. Like, me just walking to my car and mm-hmm. having to, like, cover myself and, like, have that feeling, like, is intrinsic, like, mm-hmm. just shame walking to my car because somebody on the corner is making me feel uncomfortable to have to like walk past them um and yeah it just it really the whole thing really stuck with me because that kind of like I think like opened my eyes a little bit more to not only my emotions and feelings on certain things but like how I would want to carry myself moving forward because Mm -hmm. like it's not a fun feeling. No, it's not.
2: It's not your fault to have a body that is a womanly body. Right. Yeah.
0: Especially when like you think you got a cute body. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to feel this. Like, jeez. <laughs> um, but then that also led me to think about because um, when she talks about like um, empowering her girls, and then I thought mm-hmm. like, you know, like Haley, like, what does women's empowerment mean to you?
3: So this was also something <laughs> that I had never like deeply wrestled with before. So this was kind of like a difficult process of like, oh, what does this mean to me? Right. Um, but I kind of took it more so um, as being able to freely express oneself, um, all the while feeling safe and supported, um, and I think for me personally, it's being able to co- accomplish whatever I want or whatever she wants, mm-hmm. what she Um, Since we're talking about women, Um, if she wants to move across the world and study some like niche field or (laughs) random, like, I don't know, just like set of knowledge. Um, I recently ordered a children's book about a woman who wanted to pursue um, veterinary medicine, but she was unable to do so because she was a woman. So she kind of had to take a backseat role um, at a vet as just someone who was a caretaker for the dogs and for the animals, other animals that were there. Um, And then she eventually decided she wanted to get into entomology and study bugs, so she went on all of these excursions um, and was able to accomplish all of her goals and actually started um, a museum in London, all about bugs so to me that embodies like (laughs) woman empowerment you should be able to study whatever you want learn whatever you want do what you're capable of um, and even go beyond that and challenging yourself um, in all the ways that you know other people have the freedom to do.
2: Which just boggles my mind, too. Can we just go back that she couldn't give a dog a <laughs> shot in its butt? So she decided right. to travel the world and study bugs. Like, okay, women, you're not allowed to do this because you're a but woman. But she paved <laughs> her own
3: way. Exactly. And, I, and think I love that. that. Is the I'm most just like
2: looking back yeah it's like (laughs) y'all cracked
3: out the most I actually had um a male student this is kind of I mean still on the same wavelength (laughs) as women empowerment but I had um a male student say to me while I was teaching about the suffragette movement in you know early stages of women's voting rights um why was it such a big deal for women to push for voting rights when they had just come out of um, the First World War? Like, the president had so much going on. Like, why couldn't they just leave him alone? (laughs) And I said... The president was a busy man. (laughs) Yeah, and I said, do you know how long they had been waiting for those rights? And he was like, no. I was like... Subtract um 1920 from 1776, and <laughs> you will see how long yeah they waited. And that's just America And waited and yeah. waited and waited. Yes, exactly. So just American history, but yeah, I was I was appalled, and all the class was like, oh, she got it. <laughs> she
0: got it. Gosh, I love kids. That's hilarious. <laughs> um, so with that, um. I then wonder, like Claire, like how do you think that you instill that in girls in a healthy way, like that, while also guarding against the heavier parts of the world? Because I think that um, right now, especially, like society pushes women's empowerment in a much different direction than like what Haley described. Mm-hmm. Like it's more about. I mean, I personally feel it's more of like a sensual thing. Yeah, Yeah, sexual positivity. Yeah. yeah. I completely slaughtered that word, sex
2: positivity.
0: (laughs) 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 It's more of a sensual thing. Um, And it, it, or this idea of like, yes, like you can do whatever you want, like pave your way, but in not so much of a healthy way. Yeah. And it's more, it's ironically enough, it's almost like leading with your body like you can do yeah. all these things yeah because look at that body like mm-hmm. and like look how you're portraying yourself and whatnot so how do you think that you can instill that healthily healthfully <laughs> <laughs> none of us can talk <laughs> in young girls
2: yeah um I mean, even just looking at like why women are famous today with all of the influencer culture that we have, it's because they ha- they, they're they pretty and they show off their bodies. And um, that's what makes them famous. It's like an easy route to fame. That's how it's hey, been yeah, for hey. all of media. Ladies, let's show off our minds. <laughs> <Please>. <laughs> but that's the thing is that it's like, but the standards between men and women, I feel like today's culture says, well, men have lower standards. So let's lower women's standards to match that of men. Uh, But I heard someone say, how about we actually lift up men's standards to those of women? How about that they are encouraged to really cultivate their minds and their personalities? Men, please. (laughs) No offense, but (laughs) have you ever met a college-age man? (laughs) Um, Named Kyle or Adam? (laughs) Chad? Sorry, my apologies to all Kyle's and Adam's and 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 Chad's. Prove us wrong. (laughs) Um really like we should raise that standard um we should love them. Like for me, that's the big thing is that um, society, they really go gallantly off in the wrong direction, I think. Um, And they take these really good ideas of self-love and loving one another and being kind, but they take it in a really wrong way. Uh, Love isn't saying yes all the time. It isn't telling them and encouraging them like, yes, show off more of your body, Um, shove it in their faces, be rough and rugged and just don't take it from any person or any man. Um, But I believe personally that true, good, healthy love is a conditional love, and yes, I said that right, it is a conditional love that says no to things that are harmful, things that are morally or ethically wrong, things that devalue you as a person and as a woman. me snapping. Yeah, I think that it's It's like people say oh love is unconditional it's like we all know that's not true there is a breaking point for everybody there is a point that people do stuff or hurt you in such a way that you're like okay I don't love you that same way anymore um so it's loving a young girl and teaching her right from wrong um yet being there for whatever decision she decides to make um Love is, today, it's, like, uncomfortable to even say these things because people Mm -hmm. don't want to be told no. They don't want to be told they're wrong. But I think that it's healthy and a really good thing for a young girl to have boundaries, to have Mm -hmm. a solid support system, to have a base where they can really grow into themselves. And they're not going to get that unless you love them in a healthy, correct manner.
0: Yeah. I actually think it's very interesting how you put that because I... I would I agree with exactly what you said about love and there being a no as part of that mm-hmm. but I've never put it in like together in that mm-hmm. way of like love isn't actually unconditional so I found that really interesting that you said that um, so I'll start with Haley what advice would you give your daughter on this topic? Um, I would give my daughter the advice
3: to be who she is no matter what, Um, to know that she was made perfectly um, without flaw, and she shouldn't feel as though she is flawed, um, even though society definitely puts that pressure on her um, time after time after time, as we've even expressed our own experiences with feeling shame and uncomfortable, um, and our bodies just from outside forces, um, but to remind her that she is whole. She is whole on her own. She is capable. She is strong to be fierce and to, one, stay away from men. <laughs> <laughs>
2: stay from boys.
1: Men yes, boy, right. yes, boys. Yes,
3: boys. But mainly I will teach her wisdom discernment um and just encourage her to be who she is and encourage those attributes in her so that Mm -hmm. she will flourish and be the best woman and better
2: than i am (laughs) what about you claire um so about this act like this specific topic of empowerment Mm -hmm. um one thing it's not so much it's not so much like what Haley said obviously I want to tell her that too but specifically um, about compliments and complimenting others and complimenting yourself, like it is so easy to just walk past someone, male or female, and immediately your brain will go to, "Oh my gosh, <laughs> did you like blah 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 blah? This thing mm-hmm. looks terrible." And just critique them and tear them down. And I heard somewhere that um, for every time you experience that, that your brain is just thinking this malicious, horrifying thought, you need to find things that you admire, that you genuinely like about them. Even if this is all going on in your head, and you're just passing a person, and there's mm-hmm. like a split second of all this happening, like purposefully, train yourself to find the compliments to find the beautiful things about someone. Um and then likewise to do that for yourself too. I actually just spoke with one of our friends and she said something um about her boob size and I was like, "No, you take that back right now. Like now name something you love about them." Right. Like train yourself to always <laughs> like yes, there are issues, but there are beautiful things too. The world is a gray place and you got to find the black and the white in it, you know. Instead of just the black, look mm-hmm. at it closer
0: and find the white as well. Yeah. I would tell my daughter to have a mind of her own, but not to have a mind of her own that isn't being exercised to grow. Um, Because I think that sometimes, I think most people think like, like they have a mind of their own, but it's not in a mature enough place Mm -hmm. to actually do them good. Um, So I would tell her to have a mind of her own and um, to not let others influence how she is going to one treat others Mm -hmm. um but also how she's going to view herself um, which is why i loved your advice to your daughter because i think that criticism is something that does last for a very long time and there are there is so much power to our words that Mm -hmm. we don't realize so i would tell her to use them wisely um and to not be fearful um, even in a scary place because she is perfectly made and she is perfectly loved by so many people and she will be supported a hundred percent
2: beautiful and <laughs> snaps for that <laughs> well thanks for coming today yeah. of course thanks for having us it's always fun
0: Thanks for listening to Dear Daughter. Be sure to visit us at deardaughterpodcast.com to join the conversation, access show notes, and discover fun bonus content. And of course, if you enjoyed today's episode, we'd love for you to like, subscribe, and share with friends. See you soon.